BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to the Alley of You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Today's episode is going to be very exciting. We have Nastia Lincoln on. She is an Olympic gold medalist. She's a boss, an entrepreneur. Um, she actually just does it all, literally does it all. We love her over here. You guys actually were going crazy in the Facebook group. So excited. She's also a fellow Texan, just, you know, the important things in life. So we have a whole episode for you guys. We talked for, I think, like an hour on Zoom, obviously COVID probs, you know, um, we just talked about the Olympics, life post Olympics, her cameos and stick it, make it or break it. My all time favorite TV show, I think. Gossip Girl. It was just super fun. She's the best. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. But before we get into that, let's catch up, guys. How are you? I missed you guys. I mean, I didn't leave and I've been posting regularly for like a year and a half, but I, I've missed you guys. Even though I talk to you all the time, I don't know why. Um, I'm just really in a mood right now, guys. I, I'm kind of I'm feeling good, you know? I'm happy to see the Free Britney movement has kind of taken off across the internet. If you guys are an avid listener, you would know that I'm very passionate about the Free Britney movement. If you guys are not familiar, look it up. Um, you're very lucky right now because there's a lot of very easy graphics that make it quick to learn. When I had to listen to like a three hour long podcast, but it's crazy. Also, I'm just like so into like Free Britney, all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Like I think I literally think I'm Nancy Drew, guys. I read all the books when I was younger and I also read all the Junie B. Jones books. And if I had to describe my personality, it would be some sort of a mix between Junie B. Jones and Nancy Drew. It, they really just kind of made me who I am today, you know? I've been dog momming it up. Um, Coco's currently at the vet. Poor girl. She's going to be going to the groomer soon. I live my life to take care of these dogs pretty much. Dog mom of two, guys. Lots of responsibility over here. Obviously, I've been getting a lot of my favorite Strawberry Fields drinks. Um, obviously, I know that not all of you are from Dallas, so you can't all go. And I'm so sorry for that. One, because you don't live in Texas. That sucks. And two, because obviously you can't go get the drink. We did do a little taste test with a Starbucks drink that a few of you guys have been getting, um, hoping that it was like a Strawberry Fields kind of like mix up and I gotta be honest it tastes nothing like it we filmed the comparison taste test this morning it's up on my youtube channel now but um it's still a good drink so I'm still gonna be working and hopefully soon I'll be able to make it from home and share it with you guys that way moving on to what I've been loving honestly I have been wearing nothing but outdoor voices lately like the court squirt I'm all in basically if I look like a country club mom I'm here for it and if you would have told me that a year ago, literally exited the room, like that was just not my vibe. And it's still, I just, I don't know what's gotten into me. Honestly, the heat is really taking it out of me. I'm a wimp when it comes to that. And I am currently wearing the court skirt. 
um, the exercise dress I live in. You know, I'm just really into outdoor voices. I'm really into my NYX butter gloss. Those are the best lip glosses ever. Yes, they go away pretty quickly, but also, like, what do you expect for a lip gloss that's $5? The consistency is incredible. The colors are amazing. Love those. And, oh, my gosh, guys, I have mastered my avocado toast, okay? It is incredible. If you want the secrets, they're in my vlogs. I just finished vlog week, so there are seven new vlogs up from the past week. I daily vlog, so go check that out on youtube.com slash Kenzie Elizabeth. Moving on to some housekeeping. We have merch available on Amazon. It's always in the show notes down below. We have some cute little crews. I know it's getting hot outside, but um, I still wear crewnecks like as soon as I get home pretty much every single day. We have a cute Yeehaw one. We've got some cute like IOYSM stuff. Check it out. Also, we have a newsletter and it is so fun. It's a little, it's like a little fun text message from me with links to my favorite products um, every single week. So if you guys haven't joined the newsletter, all you have to do is click the link in the description and then you guys can just enter in your email. It takes literally 10 seconds and I promise you I'm not going to email you a ton. You guys will actually really like these emails. I share things I've been loving, listening to, reading, lessons I've learned. Just, it's really you know, just kind of me in an email, okay? So, like, hopefully you like it. If you don't, I understand, you know? We also have the Facebook group. If you guys didn't know, there's a lot more than just the main Facebook group. One, I just want to say that Facebook group, I've talked about it so many times. It's the best thing that ever happened. If you guys are not a part of it, join. Seriously, it's so much fun. We also have, like, a DFW Girls one. I know there's, like, a content creator one, a podcast one. Um, there's just a lot. I know, I know you guys started a book club, too. Love that. Really respect. There's a lot of Facebook groups, so you guys want to be a part, I promise. And then, as always, my YouTube channel, guys. Um, no, I just did a bunch of just daily vlogs the past week, so I think you guys would really like them if you like the podcast. But anyways, without further ado, we are going to get into the episode with Nastia. Hi. Hi. I am so excited to have you on. I remember like growing up watching the Olympics and watching like you and Sean with my sisters, like my one sister. I don't know why I said my sisters, my sister and my cousins. And it was just so fun. Oh, thank you. It feels like it was like a different lifetime ago, but thank you. <laughs> okay. We are going to get into hot seat. Um, I'm going to ask one question. This is my favorite question. What is the best purchase you have made under $100 in the past six months? Well, I just moved into a new home. And so I obviously purchased a lot of things. <laughs> the flight I purchased from Los Angeles to Dallas at the beginning of quarantine. Um, and I actually, this counts, I feel like, because it was probably a little over $100 even during like COVID times, but I used miles. So I only paid the like $5 fee. And I honestly was just coming home to Dallas to quarantine with my family. Like I had no intentions of moving back home. I always knew and kind of wanted to end up back in Dallas because it is my hometown. I grew up here. My family's here. I'm the only child. And um, I just kind of knew eventually I'd want to be back here. I just didn't realize like, me coming home for quarantine in the middle of this pandemic would result in me buying my home here. <laughs> How long were you here before you found the house? So gosh, I'm trying to remember like exact the exact timing. I feel like it was like end of March. And then I was here for like a good March, April, May, probably May, like at least a month or something. So I was just like with my parents 
And I was reading actually an article in the Dallas Morning News <laughs> on my phone, um, not like the actual newspaper. And it was just like, why is now the best time to buy a house in Dallas versus Los Angeles? And I was just like, whoa, also weird because like the, my, the two places, you know, and I wasn't really like looking to buy in LA, but I started reading this article and I was just like, huh, well, you know, like, why, why is it now? Why? You know? And so then I was just like, I'm just going to start looking. So I was like on Zillow board one night, you know, just like, scroll, like I do this even when I'm not looking to buy a house. I, same. Me too. Yeah. So then I was just like talking to my mom the next day and she was like, well, let's just go like look. And I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm not really like seriously looking to move. And so being the only child, my parents have always wanted me to like come back like years and years ago, basically since I left. And I didn't find this house like when I was searching for some reason, but we were randomly driving down the highway. My mom decided to like randomly take an exit. And then like all of a sudden, like this house, it was just like this neighborhood. And we like, she like out of nowhere decided to like turn into it. And I was like, mom, I don't even know where we are. Like, where are you going? And then we saw this for sale sign in front of this house. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I just like looked it up on Zillow, saw pictures of it called my guy and I was like are people like are you allowed to like go inside homes right now and like see because it was like quarantine you know like I didn't know if people were showing walked in and put an offer in that day like it was just meant to be I don't even know how to explain it everything just like felt so right and I was like okay I guess I'm moving home that's kind of similar to what happened to me I have been living in LA for the past five years and then like probably in November or December, randomly, like I just shifted and I was like, I'm moving to Dallas, which I always thought I would eventually end up back here, but I'm only 22. Like I thought so at 30. And at this point I was going to split time between LA and Dallas because I have my house in LA, but that's since COVID has been given up, but or our lease ended and we just didn't renew. But I was just looking for fun over like like winter break around Christmas time and we have I had no intention of actually doing it I was like at this point like I would wait until June or something and we walked into my house and I just fell in love and it was like immediate but it was not it just we happened to go like I was not serious about it I wasn't even considering actually I was just looking to kind of get an idea and here we are Texans forever I've always really been a believer in like everything happening for a reason and like I've been such a planner my whole life and this year specifically I was just kind of like you know what I need to kind of like let go a little bit and not be like so like controlling over trying to plan my life like you know so I am 30 and I thought like growing up in Texas too it's like everyone gets married so young and has kids and so I left Texas when I was 22 I went to New York and went to school at NYU and so I always kind of had this thing in the back of my mind of like, okay, wow, all my friends are married. All my friends have kids. I feel very behind. I feel like I'm not, you know, on this timeline that I want to be on. And um, so that was kind of like something that was always in my mind. And I feel like finally this year, I was like, you know what? Like I'm on my own timeline, like, or not even a timeline, but just like I'm living my own life and doesn't necessarily have to be the same as everybody else. And so I feel like when I started actually like realizing that, and like, and not just like acknowledging it, but actually like living it, everything kind of just like started happening. And so I feel like this is like teaching me a lesson of just like be a little bit more present and live in the moment as opposed to like constantly trying to plan. And, you know, obviously this pandemic, I feel like has also 
like forced us to do that. Like I'm such a planner with work and travel and whatever. And it's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing next, you know? Oh yeah. I am literally the exact same way. And something I always say, something someone said to me and I always say now is like, don't be married to your first idea because I am so tunnel vision. Like when I have my mindset on something, I'm going to do it. That's it. There's nothing though. Like I'm not going to change my mind. Like I'm doing this, whatever, which could be, could be a good quality but I don't think it's necessarily always been because it's like the things that I didn't plan for the things that I didn't necessarily control are always the things that end up better or it's like you know that's actually what I wanted but I didn't realize it so for me I'm just so controlling of myself that now it's such a so similar to you especially with moving back here I'm like I wouldn't have like maybe chosen this immediately and now I am so glad that I did like so glad also with quarantine and like social distancing and all that stuff it's so nice to have moved during this time because you have so much to do you know i was like wow like i could not have planned this better because well (laughs) just because like normally it's like i'm traveling every week and now i've just been able to like first of all like i'm such a homebody to begin with which is kind of funny because i travel so much but i think it is because i travel so much that i enjoy being home And now I'm like, I love my home so much. And I just like, I never want to leave. And so it's like giving me that time to like get everything organized and like, you know, just like moving in basically that process. And yeah, there's not much else to do besides get my home all figured out. So it's, it's kind of been like a blessing in disguise for sure. I think I've even gone overboard with my house to the point where I'm like, I mean, I have no reason to leave. Like I made my garage into this whole den. Like there's all of these things. Like there's nothing like my rooftop. It's like literally all overstock, but I'm like, guys, it feels like restoration hardware. Like so ridiculous. But I'm like, why would I ever want to leave? I think it also has like taught us that we don't have an excuse to like, to not work out, to not cook, to not like do all these things that we've all like, I'm guilty of it. I'm like, I don't have time or I don't have the equipment or I don't have this or that. Oh yeah. You love Melissa with health, right? Oh, obsessed with her. Literally obsessed every single day. Oh my gosh. Like, I honestly think that she's like part therapist. She's so calming. Oh, she totally is. And like, and that's kind of what I love about it. Like I've never really been a big yoga person unless it's been um, hot yoga because I feel like I've never really had the like mentality to be able to like, even like meditating and like all that it's taken me a long time and years to like open up to doing that because I feel like I'm always like super like quick paced and like wanting to go to the next thing and the next thing and whatever but with Melissa I've just like absolutely first of all just her as a person as a mom as a wife like all those things goals and then just like her actual techniques and practices like it makes you be so present and so in the moment and then like yeah it can be a quick workout, you know, it's like some of them are 18 minutes, some are 40, whatever, and you can kind of pick and choose. So I've kind of gotten like all my friends hooked on it too. I'm like, you guys, you, you have to like try Melissa and like, yeah, everyone's obsessed with her. So I, I've been loving her. I've done the same thing with my friends. I'm like, guys, listen, because normally when I, I mean, I love hot Pilates. That's like my place to go in LA. Like I would go every single day. And normally when I work out, I want to listen to like SoundCloud rap, like so like so that vibe like so loud crazy whatever so she is the epitome of the exact opposite of what i would typically like but i am obsessed with her also there's something my friend lauren pointed this out and i didn't even think about it but she's like your breath and like yoga and pilates is so important and you can hear her breath so loud and clear that one it's calming but 
too it also like that's such that is such a huge like technique of the workout that it's so good she's just the best i love her so much i'm like i want to be you whenever i have a family and <laughs> grow like she's just just all around like an amazing person but yeah she's just like an angel she just graces everyone like she's just oh i love her okay so i want to talk about growing up in plano we grew up like one town away from each other right there i mean they border each other what is was your experience like growing up in texas and then as a gymnast like what what was kind of like your daily routine as you were training and in school so i didn't really have a life outside of training and you know it's so funny now because it's like before I moved back here like anytime my friends or really like anybody would be like text me hey I'm in Dallas like where should I go out what should I do and I'm like I don't know like I grew up here and like also like Plano is like a little not far from Dallas but like it's the suburbs technically yeah but anyways I trained seven hours a day six days a week so like I didn't really have like a life even people are like wait but like you moved when you were 22. Like, what about like when you were like older? I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm still training. Like, I still didn't have a life. And I mean that like lightly. Like, I don't have any regrets. Like, I obviously, I loved my childhood. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. So I went to public school up until fifth grade. And then in fifth grade is when I started training twice a day. So I trained from eight to 12 in the morning. Then we would go to school and it was like just a few blocks from the gym. It was a private school and we had like a carpooling system between like the, all the parents kind of like alternated. And then so we would go to school from 1230 to three. We had five classes for half an hour each. So it was just like super condensed. And then we would go right back to the gym and start um, training at either like 330 or four till 630 or seven. So then after that, we would like go home you know, hurry up and shower, eat dinner, do homework, <laughs> and then go to sleep and do it all over again. So that was kind of like what I did um, every single day. Sunday was our day off. Saturday, we just had one practice. So, you know, it was like eight to 12. So basically I had like a day and a half to kind of like hang out with friends, do like the normal high school stuff. And my parents really wanted me to have as normal of like a childhood as I could, despite training that many hours. But you know, the closer that I got to the Olympics and like, as the years kind of got closer, it was like, it wasn't that they like, didn't let me do anything. Like they always encouraged me to like, you know, go spend time with my friends or have sleepovers or whatever. But I just learned from like experience that, you know, when you go to a sleepover on a Friday night and you practice at 8am Saturday, you're going to be worthless. Like you don't sleep, you know? So I also kind of just realized like you have the rest of your life to have sleepovers, to go out, to like do all those things that, you know, at times like I kind of question like oh am I missing out on something and I was like you know I literally can do this at any age but like gymnastics is such a short lived sport and it's like it's a very short window of like opportunity basically like I still went to my prom I just had to be like not had to be but I, I was home by 10 o'clock because I had training the next morning so yeah like not, not exactly like the normal high school experience I guess but then I, I also like got to experience, you know, going to the Olympics when I was 18 years old. And so like, I got to experience a lot of other things that I'm so grateful for in my life. At what point during all this training, do you realize like the Olympics is a, like a reality for you? Like at what point during training, at what age kind of is that? You know, it's so hard to say because it's like with the Olympics being every four years, even if it feels like a reality, you just like 
don't even know until you're actually there. Like, especially in a sport like gymnastics, like for so many, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and experience to kind of be like at your peak and prime. But I would have to say, I guess, so I was 12 years old when I made the junior national team and then 15 when I made the senior national team. So I feel like when I was 15 and made the senior national team and like won my first nationals, I was kind of like, okay, like the Olympics are in three years this could maybe be a reality. Three years is like a very long time away. Anything can happen. Injuries, like, you know, there's obviously so much, but it's possible, you know? And so I feel like probably at 15, it kind of was like the most real that it had ever felt. And then like going to my first world championships that year. So it was kind of like, as you progress, you kind of start thinking like, okay, I'm getting, you know, better and closer towards like that, like, I guess, end goal. But again, like you never really want to like let yourself be too comfortable with that thought of being like, oh yeah, I'm going to the Olympics because it's just like, you don't know. And you know, with on our Olympic team, there were six athletes and like every Olympics, it's just gotten like smaller and smaller. So just that the window is just so small. And there's so many, especially in this country, so many talented girls that it's just like, you just, you just don't know. You could have a bad day at Olympic trials and like, you know, just that's it. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Did you put a lot of pressure on yourself growing up or did you feel like other people did? I put a lot of pressure on myself. I even like to this day, like I, yeah, I feel like at the Olympics, there was pressure on us that we felt, you know, just like you're representing your entire country. So it's like, you want to like do well for everybody. <laughs> But I feel like the pressure that I put on myself was always so much greater than the pressure anybody else put on me. And so it was like, that was enough for me. Like, I I didn't feel it as much from like anybody else than I felt it for myself, just because it's, I'm such a perfectionist, just the type of personality, I guess, that I have, like, I wouldn't settle for, you know, anything less than almost obviously perfection is not possible. But like, that was kind of like what I always wanted to strive for. And so, yeah, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself. And, you know, a lot of people put pressure on me, but I just, for some reason, like, I kind of blocked that out because I was like, these are my goals, you know? And it's like, I'm doing this for myself because I want to go to the Olympics and I want to represent my country. And like, yeah, I understand that people have expectations for you, but I feel like it's like super important to kind of stay true to like, what your goals and what your dreams are. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I just, I can't even imagine like, especially training, like just the pressure of like training your entire life. And then it's like, this is like, if this is kind of your end goal or whatever that might be, just the pressure put on that specifically. What do you think is like your absolute favorite memory from the Olympics? You know, honestly, it's like winning the medals was, don't get me wrong, was like incredibly amazing, but I would have to say it was just truly creating this bond with my five other teammates that I'll have for the rest of my life. Um, Sean and I are best friends. I'm, you know, the godmother to her child. It's so special to be able to compete at the Olympics and to be able to share that with like some of your closest friends. And even when they're like, maybe not necessarily your closest friends at the time, because you're still like going through everything together. Looking back at it now, like it's, I know like all six of us, if like 
any single one of us called each other, like right now, even like in the middle of this interview, like if someone texted or called me and said, you know, I need your help or like something, I would say like, I'm so sorry, but like, I have to jump. Like, and that's the kind of like relationship that we have. It's, it's truly become family. We all live in different states. We are all in like different kind of like places and times in our lives and different experiences, yet like we'll have that bond forever. So I feel like it was just truly, you know, the moments that we shared, whether it was on the competition floor or off the competition floor, just like back in our rooms, being in the Olympic Village and getting to meet other athletes and just the good and the bad, like just to being able to experience the Olympics, like all together. So yeah, I would say like it was, it was more so that like, the medals and everything, again, like, are great, but I just don't feel like medals and accomplishments and, like, any of that, like, those aren't defining moments, you know? Like, those are things that you work hard for, and if it happens, like, amazing, and, like, it's it's so incredible, but I feel like at the same time, it was, it was the other moments that you're able to share. I love that. What is the Olympic Village like? Well, um, contrary to belief, or I guess what everybody has heard, so, like, obviously with gymnasts, we're super young, so, or like we were at the time. And so we didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> we went to practice, we trained seven or eight hours a day, um, twice a day, every single day. We didn't have a single day off until after it was over. And so it was like, we never left our rooms beyond like going to eat at the, in the cafeteria and coming back. So our experience <laughs> is very different than what like you kind of read about, but I don't know. I only went to one Olympics, so... I hear though, it's a great time <laughs> if you're older. And, you know, I think also it kind of like depends like what sport you do and like how many hours you're training. Like for us, like we literally trained all day and all night. So it was just like, we had no time. And if we had time to like go do anything, we were exhausted. Like you're just trying to save your energy for the next day of eight hours of training. I want to talk about your cameo roles. Um, you okay it's so funny because first off like make it or break it was one of my favorite shows ever growing up like such a random thing my friends and I would have like watch parties this isn't like elementary school or middle school for me like this was a long time ago gossip girl it was a while ago stick it right gosh talk about awkward teenage years I mean I had like braces and everything (laughs) how okay I'm so curious like how is that set up one like are they looking for you or are you like okay this is my favorite show ever like how and what is that experience like like are you like kind of terrified being somewhere that you've never like what is that like so stick it was my first thing I ever did I think and I mean I was Gosh, I feel like, I think I was like 14 or something. So I really had not, you know, yeah, I had like done pretty well in the junior level, but I really hadn't like done a lot in my gymnastics career yet. So I think when I just got asked movie, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the coolest thing ever. I'm getting asked to be in a gymnastics movie. And now like looking back at it, it's like, there really aren't a lot of gymnastics movies. And it's like, that's like one of the questions I get all the time when I'm with like kids or at camps or whatever. They're like, were you in Stick It? And I'm like, I I didn't realize like this would like live with me forever. I I just didn't think it'd be like a huge deal, but it was so cool. I mean, the entire cast, like everybody was so great. Jeff Bridges was like the coach 
So my dad, my dad was my coach, like in real life and in the movie. But so he came out there with me, obviously, and it filmed in, in California. And Jeff was just so awesome because he obviously was playing the coach in the movie. And so he was like trying to, he was talking to my dad the whole time, just like trying to really learn from him on like, okay, well, would I say this? Would I do this? Like, what's the mannerism of like, you know, a coach? Like, I want to make sure like I'm portraying like the right thing. And, and then me on the other hand, and like the girls would also ask me that too, of like, okay, like, what should we do? Like, how, how, would you actually do this? Would you actually say this? And, and then me, I'm like, um, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I had to do like, Oh my God, I had to do so many bar routines. I remember it was so funny because not to take away from like actors at all, but when they're doing a line or something and the director's like, okay, cut again, they say it again and they do it again. Well, with my bar routine, you know, like they kind of kept saying that and I would like do the whole entire routine. And like to put things in perspective, I would only do three bar teens a day, like training for the Olympics, because it's like my bar team was very hard and very long. And so it was like, I just like didn't do more than three. And so at this point, like I had already done five. And my, so my dad's kind of like, um, okay. and like, we're trying to be so nice and just like, you know, whatever they say, like, we're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so finally, like after the sixth one, my dad was just like, had to like go talk to the director and be like, hey, like, we're so sorry to be difficult, but like, normally she only does three. Like we're, we're happy to like do certain skills or just the dismount because like, and I, they kept wanting me to obviously like stick my dismount. And I'm like, if you guys can like edit this anyway of like, just like me doing the dismount into their, and they're like, oh my God, yeah, for sure. Like we just didn't even think of that. So there was a lot of learning from both sides, but it, it was so much fun. And then with Gossip Girl, my gosh, that was my favorite show ever. Ever. It is the best show ever. I like need to rewatch it. So I don't even know if like, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but it was, it was a, it was a book series before it became um, a show. And so I read all the books uh, and then it became a TV show. And I was just like, oh my God, like I was like so excited. And I think I was in Beijing at the Olympics and I did an interview and it was kind of like one of those rapid fire things of what's your favorite song? What's your favorite, whatever. And it was like, what's your favorite TV show? And I was like, Gossip Girl, like without even question. And I got back from China and I was in LA and I was having dinner with some of my girlfriends, like literally the week I got back. And it's just like crazy how this happened. But the producers of the show happened to be sitting at the table next to us. Our waiter like came by or whatever. And like, he like dropped me a note and it said, and I had no idea who they were, but it said, congratulations on the gold, keep watching Gossip Girl XOXO. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and um, the next day they called my agent and asked if I wanted to um, have a guest role on the show. And I was like freaking out. Like I was just being at the right place at the right time. I have no idea. Um, obviously, you know, I had always said that was my favorite show, but it was the coolest experience. It was Blair and Chuck and I had a scene at the winter ball. Um, it was like 0.2 seconds, but like, I didn't even care. I was just like, I feel like I've made it. I was on Gossip Girl for a second. When they dropped that note off though, did you just think it was a random person or did you know it was the producers? Gosh, this was so long ago. At the time I didn't know, but then I was like, well, it had to be someone with the show because like that's very random like why would you say keep watching Gossip Girl but then I think they told my agent when they like 
reached out to him the next day that they saw like whatever and so I was like oh okay that makes sense but yeah I was just like oh my gosh like and it was like on a napkin it was like so gossip for so like I was just like looking for like the lipstick <laughs> what restaurant were you at um it was called I feel like was it called Beso? like wasn't it like Eva Longoria for some reason I'm like picturing this at toast like I don't know why I like see the whole scene happening at toast Oh my God, that, okay, actually that really is the coolest thing ever. Also, no, just like for them to call and be like, hey, do you wanna be in Gossip Girl? I think I would've, yeah, I would've been like, I can, I'm just gonna retire. Like, I don't need to do anything else. I know, it was literally like, and I feel like now I'm like, now I'm like totally gonna re start rewatching it. Um, but like, that was like the show. Like people were upset and like, I feel like still are like, but literally it was just like my 0.2 seconds in Gossip Girl. I'm like, that, that might've been like at the top. Oh no, a hundred percent. Okay, I wanna talk about life after the Olympics. Um, how did you decide to go to NYU? You went to SMU for a little bit, right? I did. Um, so I graduated the year before the Olympics, but whenever you apply to colleges, like SME was the only school that I applied to at the time. And I, I just, I had always wanted to go to SMU, especially living in Dallas. Like I just, I don't know, like SMU for me was just the school I wanted to go to. And so I got accepted. I was so excited Then I went to the Olympics and then I had to take, I had to like defer, I guess a year. So I started after the Olympics and my parents were like, are you sure like you really want to start now? Like you're going to be so busy. And I was just like, I'm already a year behind all my friends. Like I already have FOMO. Like, yes, like I have to start. And they were just like, okay, that's totally fine. But I was still training at the time. So I didn't live on campus. Um, I was living in Plano. So like making that little, not far commute, but you know, it starts getting a lot when you're doing it multiple times a day because I had to go back to training and, and whatever. And so, yeah, my, my first semester, I had to go to Puerto Rico for a gymnastics show and unfortunately had to miss a test um, in my philosophy class, which also who takes philosophy their first semester, I don't know, but I decided to. My professor unfortunately told me that I couldn't make up that test basically. And so I was, because I was gone and I was like, oh, okay, well, so I'm getting a zero and I'm gonna fail my first semester of college. like. I'm not really sure this is how I want to start. And so I'd never really asked for special treatment ever. Um, that was like not what I wanted to do. But after the Olympics, you know, they, everybody from the school like wrote me letters how they were like so excited for me to, you know, becoming a school. So I thought like, oh, maybe I can just like get a little special treatment and just like making up one test. It's like not asking for much, I thought. Unfortunately, they do not um, allow you to make up tests or quizzes or exams only if you are competing and representing the university. So because I wasn't an athlete, like for SMU, just- Yeah, just like a little bit smaller. Like, <laughs> I, like and so I just, I wish obviously I, you know, had a little bit of a different, I guess, experience still to this day, like an amazing school. I truly wish that it would have worked out. Just wasn't the right place at the right time for me. And even when I like decided to kind of like pause school, um, I didn't start till like 2013 then. So it was like a few more years after that. And I feel like once I was ready to kind of start school again, I had just re retired, I guess, from gymnastics. And I kind of really wanted to leave Dallas for a little bit 
Um, and I was like, you know, now seems like the perfect time. Like I want to go to school somewhere else and I'll obviously be back in Dallas, but I was trying to decide between LA and New York. Um, so basically going to UCLA or NYU. I had a ton of friends at UCLA because like so many of my teammates did gymnastics there. And like, I just knew a lot of people. And so I was like, okay, that seems like the more comfortable, easier route of like moving to a new city where you actually have friends already. And for some reason, I chose the opposite. I kind of felt like New York was going to be the perfect place for me um, at that time, just to kind of throw myself into this city of like, A, not knowing anybody, freezing. I moved January. Like who does that? Like my first week of school, you know, especially coming from Texas, like my first week of school, there was a snowstorm. And I remember calling my parents crying saying like, I want to come home. I don't know why I'm doing this. But like rewind. I also, when I decided this, I was like, oh wait, like I need to obviously apply. So it was like a little bit of a process <laughs> and full disclosure, your SAT and ACT scores expire after like six or something years oh I didn't know that oh yeah so I was like oh my gosh like I have to retake my SATs and like you remember like all in high school like taking SAT prep class it was like like a process like it was a very long thing and I'm like freaking out thinking I was like I applied and I was talking to the I don't even know someone at NYU obviously and they're like okay like we're obviously so excited everything looks great but your SAT scores are expired. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. And he goes, and unfortunately, if you want to start in January and like get accepted, obviously we have to see your scores. And the only one time-wise that would work out is next week. I would have died. Also the SAT, like for anyone who maybe doesn't know, who's like, I don't know, like outside of the country listening to this, like it's a test that you, you literally learn how to take this test. There's all of this prep and there's so many like different like strategies and things. It's not even just like, oh, you need to know the material. It's like you basically learn how to take the test. It's so weird. Right. And it's like, and you spend years learning that yeah, years and like after you take it you're just like never again like all this information just like goes out and so I started panicking obviously as one does when they say like you have to retake the SATs like seven years later I hung up the phone and like literally went to Barnes and Nobles and bought like those like huge books like the SAT prep books and I'm just like all right, like I'm doing this. And so literally did nothing for the next five days, except for like read these books, went in to like take the test. And like, obviously I'm the oldest one there by like seven, like more than seven years because like people are taking it in like 10th grade, you know? And I was like 22 and I'm just like, what am I doing in here? Like, I'm, like I drove myself, obviously. I remember like getting dropped off, you know? like when you're yep. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, there's one window. It was at Collin County Community College. And I'm like looking out the window and I'm like, I like almost just start crying because I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, and I started like getting like anxiety and like this panic attack feeling of like, I can't leave this room and I have to take this test. And I like, I don't even know, like in this, but this is my future. You know, it was just like, it was, it was crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, I obviously, I have no clue what I got. It was obviously enough to get into NYU. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care as long, like in high school, it's like, you know, you, you want to do very well. And like, I did want to do well, but like at this point in my life, I was just like, 
I just need to get in. <laughs> so yeah. whatever my school was, um, I got in and yeah, and I, NYU was just truly the best experience, um, the best four years of my life. Like, I feel like New York truly kind of made me the person that I am today. It's a tough place to live. Um, and I feel like that's exactly kind of what I needed at the time, you know, retiring from gymnastics and trying to figure out just like who I was as a person without gymnastics in my life. And, you know, I formed like lifelong friendships and relationships and it was great. Um, I obviously... Every time I came home to Dallas, I was just like, wow, you don't realize how good you have it until you don't have it, you know? And I was like, you know, I know at some point I'll, I'll be moving back to Dallas. But um, at the time, it was, it was so great. Like, some of the best memories that I'll have. At NYU, did you live, like, on campus? Did you have roommates? Like, what was your experience living in the city? Yeah, not, the, not the real college experience. Um, I did not live in a dorm. Um, I had an apartment. So crazy. My, one of my best friends, Jenny, met her in class at NYU. We did a study abroad together. Like, truly just, like, my best friend. Um, she knows everything about me. It's so weird because my apartment building on 12th Street happened to be like the next building over was an NYU dorm and I had no idea and she was like living in that dorm. So we both majored in sports management and we met in my sports media class. Professor Cooper, oh my God, he was just the best. And we just like bonded. I like really just like, she was like the one that was like the social butterfly and I was like, wow, I really need to be friends with her. So like, I just like introduced myself. I'm like, hi, I'm not She's like, yeah, I know who you are. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> um, and we, yeah, we just became best friends. And the thing about New York and NYU is like, there's no campus, right? So it's like yeah. one building is next to like, in Soho next to like, you know, these shops that's next to an office. Like it was just like, it gave like, I had a lot of anxiety going to my first class every single semester because it was like you part of it was finding the right building and like showing up to the right classroom because you're like, is this like you'd look for the NYU flags and if it like didn't have that on the building, you're like, shit, I think I'm in the wrong spot, you know? <laughs> Did you like LA or New York more? Uh, it's so hard to say. LA and New York, like they're just so different. You can't compare. Um, I am glad that I did New York first, especially through the years that I did it at. Like, I feel like because gymnastics had just kind of ended for me, New York was the perfect place at the time. Um, having lived in LA um, later, I guess, in my life, like, I loved it so much. I still love it. I miss it a little bit, but I'm not sure I would have done as well in LA, you know, going to school in LA at the time um, as I did in New York. Like, I just... I also think like everything happens for a reason, obviously. And I, I think they were both so great to me and I have so many amazing memories from both, but I think I did the right thing for me, like just going to school in New York and then being able to live in LA. I think too, with New York, people care a lot less about who you are than they do in LA. Like there's a night and day difference. So I feel like also just as like developing as a person, that's probably better for you, you know? I kind of loved New York because literally nobody cares who you are, you know? And it was like after the Olympics and then, you know, growing up in a smaller suburb of Dallas and Plano, like after the Olympics, it was, don't get me wrong, like I appreciated so much that love and support from my hometown and everything. But I think just like throwing myself into New York was like, 
so perfect because it allowed me to just be me um, and to kind of figure out who I was. Whereas like, and I always kind of say, like, I feel like people in New York just want to do anything and everything they can to be successful and people, and maybe it's changed a little bit and maybe like, this is how I kind of saw it when I was younger, but people in LA just like really, they want to be successful, but they always want to, they also want to be famous. And, um, and I feel like it's very different. The two cities are very different. And so yeah, New York just kind of like teaches you that like grind and that um, the energy of the city and how, you know, like never sleeps and like all that stuff. And it's like all so true. Um, people are just like super ambitious. And, and I'm not saying that people in LA are not ambitious at all. Like it's just, it's a completely different feel. And so um, I think at the ages that I was kind of at, had I flipped them, I don't know. I just don't think it would have been the best for me. No, I totally agree with that. It's like, obviously people in LA are so ambitious, but in LA there's an added, not pressure, but it's just the way they can view sort of like fame or whatever. Like they just care slightly more than, you know, the average. And it makes sense with the city that it is too, but I totally agree. Okay, I want to talk about just kind of dealing with like, failure or like the media and like scrutiny online like how do you deal with it if it's like I mean as girls they're constantly attacking like what you're wearing like who you're dating like you wait things like that um how have you kind of navigated through all of that to be completely honest like that's been one of the hardest things for me I feel like I'm such a people pleaser. Um, and I always just want to make people happy. And so I feel like sometimes it's really hard for me when I get messages that are negative or when I get messages that, and you know what, it's like, people are like, but you put yourself out there. And it's like, I totally agree. Like I completely understand that, but I also don't feel like that gives somebody a right. Oh, I agree with you. So mean. I understand I'm putting myself out there. I understand I could do less. I could do more. I could choose to do whatever I want. But I also feel like times it's like, no matter how old you are, like we all have hearts and we're all humans. So it's like, and I'm, I'm a sensitive person just to begin with, um, you know, beyond social media and all of that. Uh, and so, you know, I get like messages on, on a daily and I've gone through it all. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too this, you're too that. Like, Literally, you can't win. And so I feel like that's kind of what I've learned is just to be you, you know, in a world where everybody wants you to be something else. Uh, and so I think like that's truly what I've learned. And the more that I can like live that, the happier I'm going to be. And so I feel like this year has kind of been a huge turning point in my life. And I don't know if it's because I turned 30, like, I don't know what happened, but I just feel like I'm finally, you know, being, I'm finally able to just live my life for me, um, as opposed to living it for social media, the internet, anybody else. And it's like, and you know, at the end of the day, I get it. Like you can judge me if you want. Um, you can judge me for my clothes, my posts, my relationships, whatever. But I, I'm just, I'm finally realizing like 
to live my life for me and to do what I want to do and to do what makes me happy. Um, And I think like that's super important. I've heard a lot of people say that their 30s were so much better than their 20s, like solely for that reason alone, just that they were so much more confident in themselves and just didn't care about anyone else in in like a comparison regard. And so they're like, it was so much better than my 20s. That's what I've heard too. Um, I'm only, wait, what month are we in? How many, less than a year in, (laughs) I turned 31 in October. So, so far so good. Um, It was definitely scary turning 30 just because, you know, also I feel like for me, like when this like kind of monumental thing in my life happened when I was 18 years old, not that I've been like stuck in that year by any means, I have totally, you know, not moved on, but like I've been able to move on with my life and like achieve other things and like have other goals and like do all that. But it is weird sometimes to like look back and like whether it's like seeing a photo or a video or something and then be like, Oh wow, you're like almost double that age. (laughs) Um, So it was, it's just, it's always been strange kind of, I feel like at times getting older and I think turning 30 was just like a, Whoa, okay. You're, you're 30 now, but I do. And like, but literally anybody in their thirties that I know, they've told me that exact same thing. Like, your your thriving 30s are going to be like the best years of your life. And I'm like, okay, bring it on because I'm ready. I love that. Something I want to talk about that you kind of briefly mentioned is just like evolving into other things. And I think when you achieve something that's like literally like the highest achievement that you could possibly do at such a young age, I think that can also, I, can, I mean, I wouldn't know, but I imagine that could be like a little bit, kind of like daunting or kind of scary afterwards because it's like at 18 you'd already done it so I really admire how you've been able to like evolve and make other goals and do other things that you loved and just kind of like also while staying in the gymnastics world as well which I think is really cool but were you like how did you handle that after and like so like you've you're always evolving you're always like changing and growing from what it seems how did you end up handling that like when you like won the gold medal and all that like how did it feel after it was strange because it was a little bit of an empty feeling it was like you achieved your quote-unquote lifelong dream and lifelong goal at just 18 and then you think and realize now I have the rest of my life to live and now what and I know like some people are like you can't say that like you want an Olympic gold medal like you should be happy for the rest of your life and it's just like you know to be completely honest a gold medal will not make you happy for the rest of your life. And we are not defined by medals. We are not defined by relationships. We are not defined by salaries. We're not defined by job titles. Like all of those things are great, but I think like that's the problem sometimes with society is like people try to define people by their accomplishments. And it's like, that's so not right. I think it's like so much more important to be a good person and to have a good heart than any of those things. And so I think once I was able to realize that, life just became like a little bit more, I don't even know the right word. I just feel like I was able to be happier when, you know, I wasn't defining my life by like, these milestones or these accomplishments in my life. And so it took a long time for me to realize that like a long time, but I think that I finally realized that. And it's like being a gymnast or winning an Olympic gold medal is just something that I did. 
right? It's not who I am. And I feel like when you're finally able to kind of realize that it kind of turns life around, at least it did for me. Yeah. I feel like I finally kind of evolved into that person. But again, I mean, it's taken over 10 years for me to kind of figure that out and to know like, these are just like things in my life. They're not like, it's not like something that like defined who I am. And like, and that's not to say that like, I don't want gymnastics to be part of my life because like I'm so proud you know to have been a gymnast and to have gone to the Olympics and all of those things and and I'm also not like naive like I know that gymnastics gave me the platform that I have and the career that I have and I'm so so thankful for that but I, I just don't think it is something that needs to define who we are and so yeah so I think just like also knowing how important it is to set new goals and new dreams and like all of that like that's kind of what's kept me going, um, you know, and constantly evolving as a person and just life. Like I think life and experiences and relationships and like all of that, like makes you grow as a person. And so I feel, you know, every single day, like I try to learn lessons and I try to be better than I was the day before. So I feel like that's kind of what has led me to where I am today. No, I love that. I think that is really relatable to a lot of people like Olympian or not, whatever that is in your life. It's like just the idea of not being defined by what you do. And then also like you can change your mind, like you can change things about your life and you can evolve into other things. Like you don't have to be stuck at like your 18 year old self, but that makes complete sense for you to be like, okay, like you're, you don't want to stay even at your like probably 28 year old self, you know, it's like you want to be constantly growing and evolving. But thank you so much. This episode was so great. Um, where can they find you? Pretty easy. I'm at Nasty Lucan on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I think. Um, and then my blog is nastylucan.com. Amazing. I will have it linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you guys so much. Also, stay tuned until the very end of this episode because I will be doing a giveaway. It will be fun. Um, every single week, we'll just be doing something cute and fun. So stay tuned until the very end. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, I'm going to be giving away four or $5 Starbucks gift cards so you guys can go out, get coffee on me. All you have to do is share the podcast to your story. Um, obviously, you just need to be following like my account and the I Love You So Much podcast account. Just share it, tag me, tag us. They're both me, spoiler alert. And then I'll be picking them at the end of the day. But I love you guys so much. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and I'll talk to you guys next week.